This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, good afternoon, NBC Sports Edge Roundball Steve listeners and Raphael Johnson. Different face and voice than you're used to on these Tuesdays, but as usual, Aaron Robinson is here. Aaron, how you doing? Doing great, man. Glad to be on here talking some hoops with you. So excited to, to dive into it, man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, last night, nine-game slate. Brooklyn ended their 11-game losing streak, had a couple debuts there in Andre Drummond and Seth Curry. A couple boroughs over in Manhattan, Josh Giddy and, and Trey Mann put on a show for the Thunder. We'll touch on those things and a lot more on today's episode. But before we do that, we're going to get into the, two, the pickup of the day with the Edge Plus Season Tools, and that is Justice Winslow. But before we get into that, NBC Sports Edge is offering Round Ball Stew listeners 20% off an annual Edge Plus subscription when you use the code STEW20. This only lasts throughout the month of February, so finish your fantasy season strong and lock in our premium content through next year's draft for any sport, all at, at one low price. Go to NBC Sports Edge slash Edge Plus and use the promo code STEW20. That is S-T-E-W-20. And like I said, Justice Winslow, 35% rostered in Yahoo. He's our colleague, Zach Hanshu's pickup of the day. You know, no competition in that team for minutes right now. But yeah, that rotation in Portland is set up pretty well for him fantasy-wise. His stats from last night's game were pretty good as well. So that's a guy that you're really going to want to be on the lookout for in terms of fantasy value. Let's get, you know, let's start with Portland. You've got a couple additions there in Winslow and Josh Hart, both looking good. What are your thoughts on, first and foremost, Justice Winslow and how he's played since arriving in Portland? Yeah, Winslow's been absolutely outstanding since, since arriving there. I mean, he's averaging 11.2 points, 7.4 rebounds, uh, 3.4 assists, uh, almost two steals a game at 1.8 and one block per game as well. Also just under one triple per game as well. So he's doing a little bit of everything. He's somebody that, you know, is going to, is going to, you know, defend really well. He's going to, you know, last night obviously he had, had a double, double 13 points and 10 rebounds with four mm-hmm. dimes. So, you know, he's somebody that has, you know, great upside. And, and, and I think for the rest of the season, we t- talking about Portland, like they're, 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 I mean, I, I won't say they're, they're not going anywhere because they, they've been mm-hmm. finding a way to win, you know, recently yeah. since, since their trades, but they got a bunch of young guys that play hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they, they found a way to, to make it work. So I'm loving Winslow. Like you said, there's no competition for minutes. All those guys are, you know, him, um, Josh Hart, obviously we can talk about as well. He played 36 minutes last night. And Simon has been absolutely yeah. going nuts. Yeah. So I'm, I'm liking the situation there in Portland for Winslow uh, right now mm-hmm. as far as, you know, the rest of the season goes. So definitely, you know, he's only rostered, like you said, in 35% of the league. So definitely go pick him up if he's, if he's sitting there on your wire. Yeah, like, he's the guy you have a chance of actually getting. Uh, Josh Hart, 74% roster in Yahoo, 27-7-5, one steal, two blocks, and five three-pointers. Anthony Simons, you're also not going to be able to pick him up. But Winslow, you've got a chance to get. And he's 54th in nine-cat formats over the last two weeks, according to Basketball Monster. So there's some really good value to get there. Yeah, no, for sure. And Hart, Hart's been in the two games. I mean, 27-7-5 mm-hmm. last night, the game before that. 
23 points, two dimes, one rebound. But you know, he's somebody that like right now with, with Dame uh with Dame out, you know, outside of Ed Simons and Nurkic, he's probably your second, your third best scoring option yeah. you know, behind those guys. Mm-hmm. He was somebody that, you know, for his whole career, he's never really been looked at as a score. He kind of just been a three and D guy, you know, do a little do do a little bit of everything, defend, you know, rebound, but He's had an opportunity to kind of have some main character energy over here in Portland, and uh, he, he's thriving in, in that role right now. So I'm I'm loving Josh Hart as well right now as, as somebody. Obviously, you might not be able to pick him up at this moment, but he's even shooting shooting the, the, the three ball a lot better. Four triples per game mm-hmm. over his last two. I'm shooting at over a fifty percent clip. So great efficiency there with him as well. Yeah, now we got Portland cleared up. Move over to Brooklyn. Uh, obviously, busy times there with that James Harden Ben Simmons trade. Ben had his introductory press conference right before we went on today. He still doesn't have a timeline for a return, but what are your thoughts on Ben Simmons in Brooklyn and that potential fit, you know, between he, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie when they have him on the floor as well? Yeah, well, I think for Ben Simmons, it's going to be awesome. I mean, for Kyrie, I saw something on ESPN, I believe it was last night. They said out of there, I think they have 25 remaining games and only 11 of them are on the road. And then out of those 11, mm-hmm. only eight of those are games he's actually going to be able to play in because they go yeah. to the Knicks twice yeah. and they go to Toronto once. So you're only going to have eight more games of Kyrie Irving for the rest of this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so for Ben Simmons, I, I like that a lot. You know, I mean, I think he's going to have an opportunity to play with Kevin Durant once KD eventually gets back on the court. And then when he's not on the court, he's going to essentially be their, be their only, their, their best offensive option out there. And I mean, not, not from necessarily a scoring standpoint, but I think it bodes well for guys like Seth Curry, um, guys like Lamarcus Aldridge, who, who obviously made his return last night, but I, I love the fact that Simmons is going to have the opportunity to really thrive as a playmaker um, in Brooklyn um, on most nights. You know, obviously we know what he can do as a passer. Yeah, you know, obviously playing with a team full of shooters. You got KD, you got Seth Curry out there, Patty Mills. I mean, I think that that's going to be heaven for, for Ben Simmons and, and his assists. So uh, I, I think it bodes well, man. Whenever he can he can get back on the court, I think he's somebody that is going to have some potential to put up some some decent lines um, going forward. Yeah, you mentioned Curry, Drummond, Andre Drummond, I should say. They both played well last night. Seth Curry, 23-7-5 with three triples in 32 minutes. Andre Drummond, 11 points, nine rebounds, four assists, two steals, and one block in 24 minutes. Then LaMarcus Aldridge in his return, 19-8 and one block in 19 minutes off the bench. Of those two, between Curry and Drummond, which one are you more excited for fantasy-wise right now? Mm, that's a tough one because they're, they're both in they're both in great yeah. spots right now. They're both in good both spots. In, they're both yeah. in really good spots right now. But I think I think uh, kind of playing off what I said earlier, I think Seth Curry is gonna have opportunity to really thrive in Brooklyn because of the lack of availability of Kyrie Irving and because of you know we don't know when Kevin Durant's gonna be back at this point in time. So you know, and Ben Simmons is just still not playing right now. So yeah, you know, yeah. he's essentially their their main score. I mean, you look at their start line last night. It was Seth Curry, Patty Mills, Bruce Brown, Kessler Edwards, and Andre Drummond. So, like, mm-hmm. out of those guys, Seth Curry is, is undoubtedly your best offensive option. Patty Mills as well. It, it, obviously, he yeah. struggled a little bit last night. Only eight points, three of 11 shooting, two of seven from three. But, you know, he's somebody that's going to have an opportunity to put up some big numbers um, until the Nets get their guys back on the floor. So, Drummond as well. Obviously, Claxton didn't, didn't play last night. Um, and, and Drummond, and Drummond um, you know, played well. But when Claxton comes back, you got to think they're probably going to be splitting minutes there um, at the five. So, I think Seth Curry is in a spot where he could, he could he's going to be able to roll with this thing for a little while here. I'm a bit worried about Nicholas Claxton in this spot. Um, you've got Drummond now, who compared to previous centers, other centers that they've had besides Aldridge, he's a dependable guy in terms of rebounds and the defensive stats. So 
I, I've always liked Claxton in terms of his upside, but with what Brooklyn wants to do in terms of winning a championship now, I think he may be in a little bit of trouble in terms of the minutes uh, right now. And Bruce Brown had a big night last night, too. He filled the stat sheet across the board. I'm kind of wondering if he's worth rolling the dice on for a little bit. 19-6-6, five steals, three blocks, and a three-pointer in 38 minutes. That's unheard of. Wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's crazy. Like, no, no, I, I'm with you on the – you might as well roll the dice on him. Shoot, like, while they're shorthanded, yeah. at least, he definitely mm-hmm. worked wor- the swing of the bat on, in my opinion. Yeah, 3% rostered in Yahoo, so he won't be too difficult to find right now. You know, now we're going to go over – we're actually going to stay in the Curry family but switch to Stephen Curry. 33 points, two rebounds, two assists, and eight three-pointers. I think the big story for him was that he snapped out of that shooting slump. 11 for 18 from the field last night. We've seen him struggle a bit the last couple of weeks. I'd like to see a bit more in terms of the assist number, but 33 points, you can't really turn that down, can you? You know, no, absolutely. Especially with the way he's been shooting the ball lately. I mean, it's been a rough go of him ever since that, you know, the, he passed Ray Allen for the all-time three yeah. record. He, he went on a, a, a complete, complete slump, you know, right right mm-hmm. after that. So he had a few moments. Obviously, he had, he had the 39-point game versus the Pacers earlier. But other than that, man, it's been tough sledding for Steph Curry, man. But you knew it was, it was going to end eventually, man. So yeah. it was good to see him, you know, get off that slide last night. They still lost, you know, to, to a Clippers team. But mm-hmm. and for him, I think the biggest thing is just, his confidence, man, and getting that back. And anytime Steph Curry, you know, shooting eight for 13 from three, 11 for 18 from the floor, I think that that's something that, you know, Curry manager are going to be proud of. Hopefully he can, yeah. can keep it going here, especially with, you know, now they're getting Clay Thompson back and Clay off. He had that big night against the Lakers. Struggled, struggled mm-hmm. last night. But, you know, whenever those two guys can both eventually get on the same accord, it's going to be scary for the NBA. Yeah. So, you know, I think that they're, they're still working some chemistry things out, trying to, trying to you know, get that feel back for mm-hmm. each other. So, you know, whenever that happens, I think that, you know, it's going to bode well for both of them going forward. Yeah, you don't become the greatest shooter of all time by accident, you know. So I think, if anything, I saw someone compare it to, like, a home run derby winner kind of losing his swing a bit, and he gets back in season. That may have been the thing with Curry there. And getting Draymond Green back eventually, that's going to be the key. Because you mentioned yeah. chemistry. He makes so much run for that team on both ends of the floor, but especially offensively. So getting him back to me huge – for both of those guys. No, people people don't understand how essential Draymond Green is to that because you look at his stats and you look at the way he shoots. You know, he shoots, you know, like they get a backpack on. Like, yo, <laughs> this dude, this dude, like, for people that know the game, if you watch him and watch the way yeah. he gets Curry and Steph and those guys just butt naked shots, like, on handoffs or the way he's playing pick and roll, like, he's so, he's so smart. So once he's back on the court, Clay and, and, and Steph's lives are going to be a lot easier. We haven't seen it yet because Draymond yeah. has been out since, since since Clay's came back. So, you know, I think once Draymond gets back, because then you have you have essentially Steph Curry trying to be the 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 main kind of playmaker for, for for Golden State, and people don't realize how important Draymond is from a playmaking standpoint as far as you know just his IQ, the way he passes mm-hmm. the ball, and the way that he thinks the game. So, once he gets back, then that, that, that'll, you'll see a, a huge spike in, in Steph and in, in Clay, uh, in my opinion. On the flip side of that game, the Clippers obviously with an impressive victory. Terrence Mann had a big night, 25-7-6, one steal, one block, and one three-pointer in 39 minutes. He's only rostered in 43% of Yahoo leagues, which to me is a bit low, especially with the Norman Powell injury. I, In my opinion, last night's game should be it for anyone who was on the fence with Terrence Mann. What, what do you say about that? 
I mean, true. For the time being, while Nolan Powell's out, I think he's a no-brainer pickup. You know, I, I think yeah. right now with, with the way that, that Clippers roster shakes out, he's going to be starting. You know, on, on probably every night. You know, while while Powell's mm -hmm. out, and you know, they, obviously without PG, without without Kawhi, like without Nolan Powell, like he's going to have nights where he's going to be one of the go-to guys. You know, on the offensive end of the floor, and he's somebody that's kind of gained, gained some confidence here. Obviously, started last season in the, in the playoffs with that huge. You know, I believe it was like game 60 uh, where he where he went off yeah. and had a huge night. He's kind of carried that over into this season. So I'm all in on Terrence Mann right now. I think he's somebody that, you know, you, you have opportunity to potentially get for the time being while, while Powell's out. For sure on that. Another guy who's low rostered on that roster, on that team, Nicholas Batum, 14 points, eight rebounds, one assist, two steals, and four three-pointers last night. Only 15% rostered. I've, uh, I think I've been a bit bigger of a Batum fan than some other people have in terms of fantasy. I think now is a good time to pick him up if you can get him uh, with this, this fantasy mega week, so to speak. We have the next two weeks combined. I think it's a good opportunity to go pick up Batum and get some good value there. I'm not all in on Batum. Like, I just can't I, – I, I, like, <laughs> I just can't trust him. Like, he had, he had a great game last night. The game before yeah. that, puts up a donut. The game before that, he has 10.3 rounds. Mm -hmm. game before that. He had three straight games where he's scoring single digits. So it's like, I don't know what I'm getting from him <laughs> on a night and night out basis. Like, yeah. the consistency for him is, is what is what scares me. Like, he has he has stretches where, you know, he'll, he'll go three straight double figures. They don't have a, a zero and a six. And it's like, bro, like, what am mm -hmm. I getting from you on, on a night and night out basis? So I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm as high on the Batum train. The thing is, like, like with, with Norman Powell out, they're going to need some other guys to step up. So he's somebody that mm -hmm. has, has potential to, to do so, but – if I don't know if I can just trust him to come to come in and do it every night, but we'll we'll see. You know, if you he's definitely you know somebody that could be a high risk, high reward type of guy. You know, and if you end up getting lucky, then it could be something that pays off for you here in the short term. Yeah, I think something else that'll help, even though they didn't play the same position, obviously, was moving Serge Ibaka out of there because now you just have two centers to work into that rotation. Maybe that'll help with the allocation of the minutes in the, the four and the five spots as a whole. So. That's that's kind of the hope that I'm holding out for here. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there definitely possibility to be some, some trickle down effect with that, you know, throughout the rotation. But like I said, it, it isn't necessarily about his skill set. It's more so like, yo, yeah, like he has 14. <laughs> are you gonna go and score four tomorrow? Like, mm -hmm. what are we gonna exactly. do? What, what are you gonna see going forward? Like, he has all the opportunity in the world, but I just, I just don't know if I trust it fully. They're playing yeah. Phoenix tonight, so you know, obviously a great defensive team. They're not gonna be too too focused on him, but. I don't see him having like a, a big night against them. You know, they're yeah. obviously great defensively. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see what he does. But, you know, definitely somebody that's kind of hit or miss here at, from a fantasy point of, point, point of view right now. All right. Another two other big nights with Oklahoma City Thunder. Josh Giddy put up a triple-double, 28 points, 11 rebounds, 12 assists, one steal, and three three-pointers in 39 minutes. Then Trey Mann just exploded for 30 points with four three-pointers. Um, obviously, he's not rostered in very many leagues, 3% for Yahoo. But in terms of Josh Giddy, he's really flourished since Shea Gilgis-Alexander went down with that injury. What have you seen from Giddy recently in terms of his production and his play? I cannot say enough good things about Josh Giddy. Like, I, I love yeah. this dude. Like, as, as a, our, our colleague Jerry likes to say, we, we're, we're getting Giddy for Giddy uh, over, <laughs> over here on, on the pod today, man. But this mm -hmm. dude, like, the passes that, that he makes, man, his size, like, He's he just you know does so many good things for them. and you know obviously last night he, he had the seven turnovers but you know it's something yeah. that, that you have to 
you know, taking into consideration that he, he's the primary playmaker for them right now with, with, with Shea Gilgis mm-hmm. out. But I mean, it's two straight triple doubles. Like, yeah. this is back to back nights. He came out and got and got a triple double, man. And, and you you can't, I don't think people really realize how hard that is to do on, on one night, but then to, to go out and do it on two consecutive nights mm-hmm. while scoring 28. And he made three threes last night. And that's not, that's not something that he's, you know, been really accustomed to as far as shoot, shooting the ball well. But three for four from, from the three point line, you know, he, 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 he's efficient, but he's only averaging about one three, you know, per game yeah. o- over this month. So, you know, for him to be able to come out there and, and knock down his three-point shots and be efficient, shot 50% from the floor, you know, I, I think, you know, the thing with him is that you, you know that every night you, 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 every night he's out, out on the floor, the opportunity to, you know, get a bunch of assists, opportunity to get you some boards, and, you know, hopefully if you can try, try to keep those turnovers low, then I think, you know, for nine-cap managers, you, yeah. you, you just, you know, love what he's able to do on, on a night-in, night-out basis. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Trey Mann is a bit more of a wild card. Um, before last night, he scored a grand total of 12 points in three games. And then he explodes for 30. The Knicks have had a habit this year of letting random guys kind of go off at MSG. Like for every Jalen Brown or, or uh, Miles Bridges, there's a Trey Mann. He's starting. I don't know if I can trust him, though. Hey, what, what are you thinking here? Yeah, I think I'm with you. I mean, like, like I said, he has the capability. He started February out with a 29-point performance. At that point in time, it was a career high versus Dallas. Um, and then he upped that, you know, last night versus the Knicks. But like you like you mentioned, I mean, in, in between that 29-point performance and the 30-point performance, only two games scored in double figures uh, with what with four games uh, scored in, in single digits. So it, it, it's all in or all out, yeah. you know, it, with, with, with him, you know, you're either <laughs> going to get a, a 30 point game or a two point game. And, you know, from a fantasy perspective, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily something that you can rely on. And even then, he's only scored 31 times, you know. So, I mean, it's like the you're more likely to miss yeah. on him than, than you are to hit. But he, he's somebody that next season, man, I think you, you, you can keep an eye on just because of the fact that he's kind of proven that he can score. You know, he's somebody that's capable of putting the ball in the basket. So, for next season, you know, maybe maybe somebody that you look at as a late round guy, depending on obviously what they do in the draft and how that ends up shaking out. But mm-hmm. um, I think going down, going forward, he'll eat somebody that, that you can keep an eye on. But right now, I don't think he's consistent enough to be able to be trusted in fantasy leagues right now. Yeah, that, that's a good point about keeping an eye on him because with silly season coming up, guys like him are going to play plenty. Oh yeah. Uh, maybe you can get some explosive nights during your playoff fantasy playoff run, but yeah, for sure, keep an eye on him. Another guy to keep an eye on. Quentin Grimes, another first-round pick for the Knicks. He's been starting with R.J. Barrett out, 19.7 rebounds, one steal, two blocks, and five three-pointers in 40 minutes. You're a rookie getting those types of minutes from Tibbs. That that speaks well to what you've been able to do. But is he just a streamer until Barrett returns? Do you think there may be some value to be had once Barrett is back in the lineup? I can't trust Tibbs once Barrett gets back just because of the fact that like we know we know his history with, with, with rookies and, and how he doesn't like to play those guys. But you know, the thing the thing with that is that we don't know, I think with Kemba Walker's injury, you know, history, like if, if Kemba Walker's not available or if, if Tibbs starts, you know, not playing Kemba, you know, mm-hmm. once once RJ Barrett gets back, he could be somebody to look at. But he's not somebody that I would bank on, you know, kind of for 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 a long term option. But in the short term, he's I think he's another guy that's kind of a no-brainer right now with RJ Barrett out of the lineup because you know, the minutes that he's putting up, you're getting in the last two games, he's averaging five made threes um, over the last two. So, and he's rebounding the ball pretty well. So, he's somebody that I would take a swing on for the short term, but for the long term, I just don't know if I, 
it's more so about Tibbs than him. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I, if I yeah. trust Tibbs enough to keep him to, to keep giving him consistent minutes once once uh, RJ Barrett gets back. Yeah, Grimes has showed really well in his extended minutes he's gotten recently. I'm still confused as to why he didn't get to take a single shot in the final 15 minutes of Saturday's loss in Portland. But that's another that's another topic for another day, I guess. Let's move on to better thoughts. I'm tired of talking about my Knicks right now. But um, DeMar DeRozan, the man is just on fire right now. 40 points, three rebounds, seven assists, 16 of 24 from the field, eight of eight from the foul line last night. I know a lot of people like Embiid for MVP, but DeMar certainly deserves mention. I think with the seven straight games of 35 or more, only other guy in franchise history to do that, Michael Jordan. Uh, that's a pretty good company to be in, but... Where would you have DeMar in terms of like an MVP candidate? You think he's a favorite or kind of right behind that mix? Or I can't say he's a favorite only because of what Joel Embiid's been doing. Like just because yeah. Embiid has been so good, like obviously without Ben Simmons to have them, um, you know, where they are in the standings right now is, is something that nobody saw coming, you know, with everything that they've gone through in Philly. But DeRozan is, I mean, like, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like. The movie came up the ball screen one time and hit, hit uh one of the bits with a sham god. They don't I was like, yo, yeah. this dude here is, is acting totally different right now. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, DeRozan, he, he's having an outstanding year. I think this comes as a surprise because San Antonio, he wasn't acting like this. Like, obviously, playing a yeah. top system, it was something that you know he likes to play it, play a certain way offensively in, in Chicago. Which like, yo, look, we're gonna let you, we're, we're gonna let you, you know, do whatever you want and kind of let the reins loose here. And he's absolutely delivered, but he, he's definitely up there. I mean, I, I'd probably put him, you know, top three. I, I would say M- Embiid, him. I, I think maybe Steph. I mean, probably you know, m- maybe. Uh, I, I think before KD got hurt, KD was in that in that conversation, but he, but he's he's obviously falling off, but because yeah. um, of the injury and whatnot. But I, I, I would say true, probably top two. Honestly, with 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 him and Embiid, I think would be it would be a good place to have a man. Obviously, LeBron's been awesome, but the Lakers are losing, so you know. I would say just based off where, you know, Philly yeah. and, and Chicago sit in the standings and the seasons that Embiid and DeRozan are having, I would definitely have those two probably at the top of my list. I think I would give the edge to Embiid, mm-hmm. but, but DeRozan would probably be a close second there behind him. Yeah, we've seen in the past, MVP voting is, is about is as much about the narrative as it is the production. So Embiid losing out to Jokic last year, I think Jokic is in that conversation as well again. But yeah. You got a guy who lost out on MVP last season, and now he's right there, right back there in the mix. He's going to be tough to beat as long as he stays healthy there. But DeMar definitely deserves mention in these conversations for sure. Nikola Vucevic had another good night, 25-16, five assists and one block, one three-pointer. But the guy I think we should probably spend a little bit more time speaking about is Kobe White. 24-5-6 and six of five three-pointers. 78th and nine cat over the last two weeks, according to Basketball Monster, but he's only 49% roster in Yahoo. That a bit low, too low a percentage for him right now, especially with him in the starting lineup. Yeah, I think with him in the starting lineup, he's a no-brainer. Obviously, you know, with, with Levine out, him and DeRozan are going to be the two, you know, go-to guys in the backcourt. Uh, obviously, Ayo DeSumo is kind of more of a, you know, do-it-all guy. He's going to defend, mm-hmm. he's going to rebound, he's, he's going to make sure everybody else gets getting their shots, you know. But from a strictly, like, Scoring perspective, DeRozan and Kobe White are the two horses, you know, in, in the backcourt. I think Kobe White has potential, you know, five or six from the three-point line last night, six assists, five rebounds. Um, he's somebody that's going to get you a little bit of everything on the offensive end. So uh, I think right now, you know, while he's starting, 
he's he's a no brainer for somebody who who should be rostered uh, right now. Yeah, he he has some explosive capabilities where he can be quiet for two plus quarters and then just go off like we saw the other night. Then he scored 18 in the fourth quarter Friday night. So he's definitely capable of that. So if you have him on your roster, your DFS team, and you get a little discouraged early on, don't don't panic because he can definitely go off at a moment's notice there. Yeah, and, and, you know, he, he, I think he's finding a little bit of rhythm now. He's now scoring double figures in eight straight games. You know, so mm-hmm. he's somebody that we talked about, you know, Batum and, and Trey Mann not being consistent. He's somebody that's been consistent and been able to put it together, you know, night in, night in and night out, you know, over, over this past, you know, few weeks or so. So I think he's somebody that has definitely, you know, earned the respect of, of managers at this point in time. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. First off, another promo read here. Download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter Wednesday's Wednesday's free NBA Pick and Roll contest for a chance to win $50,000. This week, we're highlighting matchups between the Pistons and Celtics, Kings and Bulls, and Spurs and Thunder. So if you don't have the Predictor app yet, download it now. Free contest with a chance to win fifty thousand. You know where can you go wrong there? So um, now let's get back into Monday's action. Milwaukee they lost to Portland. We touched on Portland earlier. No Giannis, so Serge Ibaka got to start his Bucks debut. Six point seven rebounds, one steal, and one block in thirty one minutes. I haven't been sold on Serge with the Clippers, and I'm not really sold with him in Milwaukee from a fantasy standpoint. You know, where do you stand on Ibaka? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sold on him either. I mean, I think once Giannis comes back, that's that's the yeah. end of his value, you know, there. And mm-hmm. even when Giannis yeah. is out, he's somebody that I don't necessarily trust on a night-out night basis to, to be able to produce. So, you know, great that he able to, you know, was able to have a quality, you know, outing last night um, in, in his debut in Milwaukee. But he's not somebody that I would, you know, trust from a fantasy standpoint right now in Milwaukee. I agree with that. I think Bobby Portis has clearly cemented himself as that top option at center. And when Giannis gets back, Serge is going to be back on the bench. So instead of 31 minutes, what are we talking? Like 20, maybe 22 minutes max? Yeah, 20 is probably too much. Yeah, 20 is probably a stretch. Mm -hmm. Like when Giannis gets back, I'm I'm 
16, yeah. 18 minutes, somewhere in there probably for him is probably where, I'm, where I'd probably have him at. Yeah. Agreed on that point. Chris Middleton, 16, 11, and 9 with one steal, one three-pointer, but he's 3 of 15 from the field. Not too concerned there. We kind of know what we're going to get with Chris Middleton. He just had an off night. I think a lot of us, especially if you play DFS, you're ex- you're hoping for a bigger night with Giannis out. But one him it was Drew Holiday. He played well for the Bucks last night. Yeah, I mean, they, they, Milwaukee's deep. Like they have guys. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it's not going to be the same guys every night. You know, obviously Giannis, we know he's going to he's going to do his thing when he's in there. But you know, you, even last night he got 17 points off the bench out of Jordan Noir. You know, which whenever Giannis is out, he's somebody that always you know. Tends to have big nights, you know. 17 points, seven of 14 from the floor, three of six from the three point line. Uh, obviously, you mentioned um, Portis earlier, 17 points, nine rebounds for him. Even Grayson Allen, man, I think you know Dante DiVincenzo getting up out of there has been awesome for mm-hmm. him, man. It, it, it's going to be awesome for him down, down the stretch. Even he had you know 14 points last night, three rebounds, one assist, and four triples, you know, for him, man. So you know yeah. they're 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 a very deep team, man. So you know, obviously, not too concerned with Middleton, you know. Didn't shoot it well, but he found a way to impact the game in other ways. 11 rebounds, nine assists with a steal. So, you know, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, somebody is a, is a team that I'm, I'm not too worried about going forward. So def, def, definitely think that their, their, their team, you know, obviously Holiday had a big night last night as well. So, you know, if it's not one night, if it's not one guy, it'll be somebody else's night for them. I'm glad you brought up Grace now. He's only 24% rostered in Yahoo. You mentioned the DiVincenzo trade. Also, Pat Connaughton being out for an extended period. I think Grayson Allen's a guy that you may want to strongly consider picking up in standard leagues right now just because of the number of options that they have that off-guard spot or lack thereof. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. I think because, like, like you mentioned, Conson out, Steven Chenzo not there. I think Grayson Allen is somebody that's going to be getting minutes, you know, in the 30s every night. You know, after he played 32 minutes last night. But you can kind of book him for probably around that, you know, every night until, until Conan is back in. 5 of 12 from the floor last night, 4 of 10 from 3. You know, forty percent for you know is obviously great from a three point percentage standpoint, and you know the minutes are going to be there. He's somebody that's going to be able to get up shots, you know, for the most part. So I'm definitely with you on the on the Grayson Allen train. All right, moving to New Orleans, Devonte Grant, three points, three rebounds, four assists, and one three pointer in 25 minutes last night. They blew out the Raptors, so it really didn't hurt them at all. But he hasn't been great fantasy wise, and now you've got C.J. McCollum there. Is it time for the last people to get off of that sinking ship? Yeah, I think I think I think it's time to throw in the towel on Devontae Grant, yeah. man. Like like with CJ McCollum there, I, I just don't see it. Like even last night, you know, he scored three points, but he only shot the ball five times. Yeah. Like obviously, you know, they, they blew up the they blew up the Raptors, but in 25 minutes, he only attempted five shots. The game before that, he only attempted six. So it's like mm-hmm. he's not he's not even getting opportunities to to shoot the ball really. Obviously, McCollum's been awesome over, over the past two games there for him. So you know, I, I think for him, he's only got one game this month of February. He scored in double figures. Um, that was CJ's first game there. He had 16 points. But even then, he, I mean, he, he shot six of 15. So, you know, I, I'm not I'm not sold on Devontae Graham. I think it's time to send him uh, to the waiver wire if, if I'm a manager right now. Yeah, at best, he's their fourth offensive option. You got, you know, Brandon Ingram, McCollum, Jonas Valanciunas, and then Devontae. You know, so yeah. he's not in a good spot at all. But Brandon Ingram. I think he's the bigger question mark here. You're certainly not going to drop him because of how important he is to that team. But I'm a bit concerned in the decrease in his numbers since McCollum got there. Last three games, 15.7 points, 5.3 rebounds, 3.7 assists, 0.3 steals, 1.0 blocks, and 0.73 pointers. Now, he's shooting it reasonably well. 
50% from the field, 77.8 from the foul line, but the usage has dropped about six points. It's 23.9 with McCollum. For the season as a whole, he's at 29.3. Is this just a matter of those two establishing chemistry, or is there a, a deeper need for concern here? Yeah, I, I, I'm not too worried about Ingram. I, I think this is kind of just a thing that they're, they're kind of working their, their kinks out here in the, in the new days you know, of their partnership, but he's too important to that team for, for him to them to not find a way to get him shots and get him involved in the offense. Obviously, you mentioned his efficiency is fine, so yeah. I think it's just, it's just a matter of you know Willie Green kind of finding ways to get him shots, in, and they obviously they blew out the Raptors last night, so he, he, no, no need to force the issue there. Only shot the ball seven times, but you know, game before that, he shot the ball 19 times, nine for 19. Game before that, he shot the ball 12 times. So I think as, as far as long as they're getting him shots, I think as, as we kind of the season progresses here, I think Willie Green will find ways to make sure that you know they're getting him looks because he's too good of a player, mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's too efficient, and he's too important to that team to kind of um, to not have him. You know, I, I think if you get the best version of Ingram mm-hmm. and the best version of McCollum. This team is, is going to be, you know, a team that can potentially make some noise. Obviously, they aren't beating the Suns if they end up sneaking into the playoffs, but or the or the Warriors. But you know, I think if, if you end up if they end up in the playoffs as an eight seed this year, you know, without Zion, that'd be a win for them for sure. Yeah. And so I think you know Brandon Ingram is somebody that you have to. He has to be a big part of that equation if that's going to happen. So I, I'm, I'm not too worried. I think I'll just chalk it up to them trying to figure out you know how to mesh with with him and McCollum. Yeah, and plus last night. That wasn't a great matchup. I know they won by 30, but we've seen Toronto's many wings and, and stretch yeah. forwards that they can throw at Ingram. So maybe it shouldn't be too surprised that he had a quiet night last night. Yeah, no, for sure. Toronto, I mean, through the years, like they've always been a team that that is disruptive on the defensive end because of their length and the guys, like you said, like you mentioned, that they can throw at you the different bodies that they have. So I'm, I'm, I'm not too worried about Ingram going forward. All right, and we're going to close this out with a little Goran Dragic talk. Uh, obviously traded, finally traded to the Spurs, but he's not going to be there. And the question now, he will have interest on the market once that you know contract buyout is settled. But I know Dallas was the, the discussion point before the season started. I don't think that's going to work, especially once you, you consider that they added Spencer Dinwiddie, Milwaukee, the Lakers. He won't lack for options, but, you know, what are you kind of thinking about Dragic here in terms of what may happen to him? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I agree with you, you know, that Dallas doesn't make sense. As of this morning, Sean Sh- Trani said that the, the contract buyout has been has been processed and that a slew of, of teams will be interested in, in, in the 14-year yeah. veteran. So it's going to be a bunch of options, I mean, I think for him, mm-hmm. you don't know where you're going to play. Dude hasn't played all season, so obviously, yeah. you know, I personally wouldn't want to go to LA just because of that whole fiasco that's yeah. going on with you got Russell Westbrook and mm-hmm. is he gonna play fourth quarters? Is, is, is you know they have to play him because they're paying him too much money not to play him. So yeah. I wouldn't want to go to LA. Milwaukee, like I think he would help their bench, but from a fantasy standpoint, I don't think he put up huge numbers there, kind of playing behind Drew Holiday. So like, yeah, I know he wants to play for a contender, but obviously with Dallas now getting Spencer Dinwiddie, obviously still got Brunson there, still got Luka Doncic there. That doesn't really make much sense for them now. So, like, I don't know. Honestly, I, I really mm-hmm. don't know where he goes. I mean, obviously we saw, you know, Boston get uh, Derek White at the deadline. But, you know, I, I don't I don't know yeah. if they're even interested in him. But, like, I, I still think that they need a, a point guard because Marcus Smart isn't a point guard. Um, obviously he's playing that that role for them right now. But, you know, I don't think there's any interest even 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 in, yeah. in them, you know, signing him. But I don't know, man. I, I think he wherever he goes – He's somebody that has proven that he can score the ball. You know, he's somebody that's proven that he can be, you know, a quality player yeah. when he's healthy and when he's out there. So, um, 
for him, I mean, I know he doesn't want to go to a, you know a rebuilding team and, and have to you know play there. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens, man. I think you know over the next few days we'll kind of get some more clarity as far as some legitimate options. But as of right now, I, I don't see, I don't, I don't see any of these teams like Milwaukee, LA, or Dallas being places where he can go there and, and put up huge numbers. So hopefully somebody else emerges, you know, out of this bunch. Maybe even Denver, a team, you know, they've obviously been hampered with injuries, you know. Obviously, Bones Highland is there and Campazzo is there, but, you know, Monte Morris has been in and out of the lineup. So, you know, I don't know. I really don't know where, where, where he fits that right now. But, you know, once he gets there, we'll definitely have a, a better picture of, you know, what his fantasy outlook will, will look like. Yeah, I think this is a situation where if you have him on your fantasy roster, you're hoping he picks a bad team. Yeah, for sure. Play. But if he picks a contender, you're pretty much – looking to, to drop him as soon as possible at that point. So, you know, I 100% yeah. agree. I, I think from a fantasy standpoint, you hope he goes to the, to one of these terrible teams. He can just hoop and, and put up numbers. But, you know, obviously I, I don't know if he wants to do that at this point in time in his career. But from a fantasy standpoint, that's definitely what you're rooting for at this point in time. And I know I said that was the last thing, but we have a question relating to tonight's schedule. Sniper4113 asks if O'Shea Brissett is a good streaming option for tonight. I believe he is. Um, he's played well for the Pacers. They've kind of cleared some things up where he has the opportunity to play extended minutes. So it won't cost you too much if you're playing DFS. And if you're in a fantasy league, you know, I don't think it'll be too difficult to find him. So I definitely think that O'Shea is a good streaming streaming option for tonight's action. Yeah, he, he's played well recently. I mean, he scored double figures in three straight games. Obviously, last time mm-hmm. we saw him, 22 points, 13 rebounds on Sunday against Minnesota the game before that. Versus Cleveland, 18 points and 11 rebounds. Obviously, Milwaukee's a lot better defensively than those two teams are with, with the lanes that they can potentially throw at them. But, um, shoot, they're definitely worth the roll of the dice. You know, they, I think, obviously, like you mentioned, yeah. you know, he, he's been playing well, and he hasn't shown us any reason to not believe in him over the last few games. Like I said, three straight games scoring double figures, two straight games with double-doubles. So um, I would fire away on the night. You know, I think it's worth, worth the shot. Sounds good. And with that, we will wrap up the Tuesday edition of the Round Ball Street Podcast. Thanks, as always, to you all listening and watching uh, on Twitch or listening via wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, Aaron, for being patient with your part-time guest, part-time host for one one afternoon. And um, yeah, thank you all for watching again. Take care. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.